The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, Edmund Unplugged, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, Commonplace Books, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 221 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. A local comic book series is asking for your help to get it going. Literati Press and the creators of Glamorella's Daughter are holding a Kickstarter campaign right now and ending on December 12th. Joining us are friends of the show, Charles Martin, Jerry Bennett, and Brandy Williams. Guys, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. And Awesome. Yeah. And Jerry Bennett, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having us. Oh, you bet. Um, first off, I guess the question is, what would for those who have not tuned into past episodes, what is Glamorella's Daughter? Glamorella's Daughter is the story of a uh, a superhero and her daughter. Um, and so you, Glamorella is this really fantastic, glamorous outgoing um, protector of the earth. And then her daughter, Comet, uh, is this quiet and inquisitive girl who just basically just wants to read books. She's got like one friend and doesn't really um, like social gatherings or the glitz and glamour that comes with being the daughter of uh, such a, you know, iconic figure. And the comic really is about the two of them trying to manage the relationship, figure out how to navigate each other's values and in the mean, meantime, trying to save the earth. Right. And it's a relationship com- comedy at its core. Yeah. And uh, an incredibly uh, uh, great artistry from Jerry Bennett. Thank you. I, I, it's been a passion project for years for me. And, and, uh, and so I've been working on concept sketches for, I mean, literally for years. So I'm glad it's just coming together now. And why why do we need a Kickstarter? Oh man. <laughs> so we can so we can make the comic. Mm-hmm. We uh you know we 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 need uh we want people to read the comic, we want people to enjoy the comic and uh in order, in order to do that, uh we would like them to invest and purchase the comic. And so uh we feel like uh Kickstarter is an amazing way to uh, fund uh, and to make it mo- the most accessible to the audiences out there right now, because because we feel like there's so many different roads to publishing, and we've seen so many incredible comic books being published through Kickstarter campaigns, and and we feel like that's this particular story, and we're focusing on a middle grade audience, mm-hmm. uh, like a nine to twelve year old audience, and it's a very underserved audience in comic books and so uh what what i call kid lit comics um you don't see many of those in kickstarter and honestly you're just now beginning to see those you know in a widespread fashion at all and so um i feel like uh children's publishing took a long time to really see the beauty and the benefits uh and the quality in comics today and so 
um, we're, we're just, you know, we want to jump the gun and we really want to just show uh, as many people as we can. And I, we feel like this is the avenue to do it. Brandy, what all goes into making these comics? What, how, how hard is it to put these things together? It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. um, working with everyone, we were like we have uh, writing sessions where we go in and we put together topics of the story of where we want to go with the story and the plot. We deep dive the characters and who they are, their um, flaws and their wants and their needs. It takes, and then from there, Jerry goes in with the sketches and inking and drawing and coloring too. So it's it's a very long and tedious process, but um, it's really like. It, I don't know. It's heartwarming. It's it's really nice to do. How much are you guys hoping to raise through your Kickstarter campaign? Three thousand. Well, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I thought three thousand for this Kickstarter. Right. Right. And, and then right now, right now we are eighty. As of today, we are eighty-three percent funded. So I mean, we've had some fantastic reception to the comic book as it is, and so uh, we're we're we feel like we're well on our way, and we have ten days left, and uh, we just want to cross that finish line now. Yeah, one it's of the just amazing. crazy things about being trying to release a comic in the pandemic is all of the traditional outlets are um, are kind of not there right now. So doing in-person signings, just going to shops, you know, schlepping the comic, even distribution is really tough right now. Um, so Kickstarter right now is our best way to get the word out about the comic. Um, and, you know, we'll act as kind of a pre-sales for uh, individual issues as we're kind of waiting for the pandemic to end. Um, when we can start rolling out the comic in a more traditional setting. Right. It might seem like right now is actually kind of the, the perfect time to get started in, in, in advertising it, pushing it, because once this all ends and once the comic is real and, and people are following it and, and picking them up at their local comic book shop, that it, because once the pandemic's over, then it can really grow because it's already got us the word of mouth going, hopefully. Absolutely. What are the, the levels for the Kickstarter? Oh man, you know, we have, honestly, that was a bit of a challenge for me. Uh, I, I didn't know all what all to offer, honestly. And so uh, we have a good friend who is the co-owner of the Literati Bookstore, uh, Steve Gooch. Mm -hmm. He is a serious expert in the realm of uh, Kickstarter, especially Kickstarter comics. He's funded a ton of them and he's actually helped uh, successfully fund several different Kickstarters. And so uh, we went to him and asked him to help us, you know, figure out what would make a good Kickstarter. And he came up with some fantastic levels. And so we have uh, a lot of different opportunities to fund. You could either uh, get uh, the just the comic book itself. You can get uh, you can get there's an offer where you can get two comics, one for yourself, one for a friend. Uh, if you are uh, someone who is interested in re reading digital comics, we have a really neat one where you can get the digital comic and offer a print to give to a school or a library. Oh, Part of this uh, also is giving us an opportunity to uh, help schools and libraries by uh, just putting the com getting the comic book out there to allow uh, an even bigger audience to read the story. And so... Uh, we have that level. Uh, we have some fun levels of like if you uh, wanted your likeness in a comic book or if you have uh, kids who wanted their likeness in a comic book, uh, there's a level where you can uh, purchase that and have them in the next issue of Glamorella. And so uh, 
Uh, and I, that, that's just uh, a few of the levels. We have several you can go through. And so there's a lot of really neat ones. That's amazing. And especially to helping out kids, because we know that uh, we've talked many times about how reading comic books for some kids, it's the the springboard to get them to reading in real life and in, in, in novels and such. It is, I, you know, and it took it took the publishing world a long time to realize that this is there. This is a gateway to big time reading. And so uh, comic, comics have really taken off in a lot of different areas. Uh, not only in in the children's publishing world, but in education. Uh, so many uh, nonfiction graphic novels are out there. Uh, some of my favorites. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read the March graphic novel series, but it, you know it's uh, from Senator Lewis, who just recently passed away. But he had written uh, uh, memoirs of his time during the civil rights era, and and it's a three book set, and it's the best uh, nonfiction graphic novel I've ever read. And, and it's being used in schools now. I, it's it, to me, it's, it's must read material. And mm -hmm. so I'm so happy to see that it's, it's making its way into schools and, and required reading in that sense. And so, uh, yeah, I love what comics can do now and, and what, what, and the fact that uh, there's so much potential now to reach so many different audiences in so many different ways and so many different uses. Part of the emotional pull for this particular comic and why we're trying to get it out to as many readers as possible is uh, one of the aspects that it, it explores is the uh, the difficulty of um, a parent um, and a child relating to one another whenever uh, the child has autism. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that um, I dealt with as a father and as I was reading, I was, I was, we were working on the comic and coming up with the story that was something that was in my mind that what is the comic that I wish I'd have read to give me a better sense of the way my child sees the world. Um, and that's something that I think really is what sets this comic apart that we spend so much time exploring the relationship between the father, the mother, and Comet and seeing how, you know, they navigate the, uh, the challenges of trying to empathize with one another and understand that it's not the child's job to conform mm -hmm. to their way of seeing the world, but their job to embrace, you know, the unique gift that she has. And hopefully raise awareness about autism and the the, the many spectrums that, that that go that go into it. Exactly, it's kind of um, with Comet's story or with Comet and uh, her story for this arc. I think that a lot of readers will find her inspiring, mm -hmm. and find the story that in the journey that she has with her mom as well as her friends um, to come to a better understanding about children with autism and how they act and um, how they should be treated. One of the things that really people seem to click with a lot of comic books, one some of the most popular ones, are those that, that have these heroes dealing with real life problems, in, in things that, that we have to deal with, even though we're not superheroes. Well, I think exactly. genre, genre storytelling in general is at its best whenever it uses the uh, unique tools of um, and, and tropes and expectations um, to lay the groundwork for extended 
uh, metaphors to allow you to really kind of focus in on one aspect of the human condition within this kind of controlled experiment. So what is the, what is the next step for you guys? Once you, I'm just going to go say it, you're going to reach it. Uh, when you guys reach the goal of, of, of Kickstarter, what, what happens next? Well, um, immediately we want to obviously, uh, uh, get the comic to those who funded the comic. And so, uh, there's all the different rewards that we, uh, fulfill uh and and then we get to work with uh basically get to work with issue two uh uh we we want to keep going uh in fact I, we've already drawn issue two as far as the line art uh we just need to uh finish up coloring it and it's already been lettered uh in fact uh charles uh is actually the letterer as, as has been the letterer for the last few issues so uh so we want to just keep on going. We really feel like if we can keep a momentum going with the comic, we could uh, po potentially do a Kickstarter for each issue, uh, like every, I don't know, two to three months, maybe Charles. Um, so this is part of a greater rollout of three comic book series from uh, Literati Press. The other one, one of them, Blackjack Demon was successfully funded a couple months ago. And then we have We Promised Utopia, which is uh, this sprawling sci-fi enviro fiction comic, uh, kind of in more of like a kind of image style. Um, the What we're kind of talking about now, which is what I think we're going to do, is um, in the, for future issues, for issue two, issue three, issue four, just continue using Kickstarter as like a distribution system. So maybe we're not asking for as much money. We're most We're just mostly using this as a tool for people who want to follow the comic to be able to get their hands on a comic before anyone else can, before they even hit comic book stores. Um, so that's kind of the goal. And that will also help continue fostering this unique community available on Kickstarter that are looking to find independent comics, um, you know, focusing on really interesting storytelling. Um, we're a hundred percent committed on getting the first four issues done so we can get to the trade so we're, this is kind of the game plan now. And once we get through that first trade, we're going to kind of see how everything works, see if we need to tweak anything. Um, but right now, Brandy, do you have a sense of how many issues we're going for right now? Uh, for issues, I feel like we're going for at least, um, I know four for the first season, but I think at least 15 to 20 issues um, just of the different arcs that'll be going into Glamorella's daughter of a deep diving the story and going into the different worlds that she'll be a part of. Yeah. Because we want to be able to make sure that the, I guess kind of the, the Kickstarter people want to make sure that they're investing in something that's going to be there for a while. They're not just investing in a one shot as it were there. They want to see an ongoing story. Exactly. Do you think uh, I, what I loved about the, the idea of utopia and, and blackjack demon also with, along with Glamorella's daughter is that it's different age levels. Mm -hmm. talk about that yeah um so i would say yeah so glamrell's daughter is you know middle grade and up um you know i think the comedy it will still resonate with older readers and and the subject matter but it really you know that middle grade is kind of our sweet spot um the blackjack demon is a weird western kind of genre busting western that that touches on sci-fi and fantasy that is really for kind of the Gen X and up crowds uh, that grew up with that kind of Western lore being a big part of their pop culture. 
Um, and then we have, we promised utopia, which I think um, really is aimed for uh, people who really kind of grew up on image, dark horse, um, watch the expanse um, are, are really into true pure sci-fi. Um, that one is actually the uh, brainchild of two engineers. Well, one's a, a geologist and the other one's an engineer that wow. um, they worked for energy company and energy company. And just in the midst of doing that kind of started thinking about, okay, well, climate is changing. The world is changing what would be a sustainable way to save the world? How would, what, what kind of massive mechanism would you have to put into place to um, control a global climate? And um, this is the story that spans three different eras of the establishment of this kind of grandiose idea at, um, as pushed by a, uh, really charismatic, you know, revolutionary figure. And then the achievement of that utopia hundreds of years later, and then the mysterious fall of that utopia hundred years after that. So it is sprawling. We have seven people working on the comic right now, which is um, a big, big staff. Um, you know, even with Glamorella's daughter, we got three people with their unique roles in this, in this comic. And that's bigger than anything we've done before. And now we've got this one where we've more than doubled that. So um, Literati is in a unique position where we can look, we can finally start looking to compete in a way that we've never been able to do before and really start providing comics that uh, um, are not regional or statewide, but the kind of comics like what Heathen did, you know, a couple of years ago where we're looking at trying to target stores all across the planet. Right. A lot of these independents, no matter who they are, had to start somewhere. Uh, well, yeah, you could even go back to DC and Marvel if you wanted to go all the way back to the 30s and 40s. But <laughs> even more recently, some, a lot of your, 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 no matter who they are, they had to start somewhere with, with some kind of just a base of comics that really got their name out. Well, and we're fortunate that we kind of were gifted with a lot of talent. Um, and the talent came first, and now we're building the infrastructure to support that talent. Um, Brandy, this is her second comic with us. She's, she's. Uh, I think you're pretty close to having issue two of the Aislings done, right? Yeah, I am. All I have left is the front and back cover. Hmm. What is the age, Aislings? I don't think I've heard of that one yet. Uh, so the Aislings was, is basically about these four children that are given powers from the Egyptian Greek gods and goddesses mm. um, by using ancient artifacts that they are gifted by the goddess Hathor. Um, to tie in, it's mainly about this girl, Odessa, who is fighting kind of anxiety and stress of becoming a young, probably a young adult, a young adolescent going through high school. Um, so I came up with that in college uh, when I was studying art history and I really, really loved um, Egyptian mythology and the Egyptian art. So I really wanted to dive into that in a comic book. Uh, Brandy, we've all heard stories, horror stories about the early days of comics when people like Stan Lee uh, and Joe Ditko were like having to produce uh, several comics every week. Does it help being able to not have to have that rush factor that you have time to really craft something that's that might take a little bit more time? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, <laughs> I 
for me, I love diving into the story and diving into the connections um, of what really drives the character of what the plot is going to be like, like connect almost like a puzzle. So putting together each part of the puzzle to figure out where this character is going, where the story in general is going and being able to take my time with it and actually dive in and uh, connect the dots is perfect for me. So like with Glamorel's daughter, when we do our writing sessions, I love our writing sessions because then we actually get to take our time with it and discover, do we want to go this way with the story arc or do we want to go in another direction with the story arc and what really fits that character and how they're going to be better person out of it. And I guess that also helps you in planning for the future. So you, cause you're oh, yeah. working those out. Exactly. That's one of the fortunate things about the pandemic is it actually has forced us to take our time with all these series, including Glamorella's daughter. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, Jerry and I, we've been in this fight for a long time and, you know, we've, we've been anxious and anxious and anxious to, to, you know, to find a way to get Oklahoma comics on the, on the national map. And as we started getting close, the pandemic happened, but I think this really did give us an extra year and a half to make sure that if this is our coming out party, we want to make sure that it is as good as it possibly can be. Right. And it's really strong. Jerry, did you, would same kind of question to you that I had for Brandy, how having the time to create, is that for you, uh, a good thing or a bad thing to to have as much time as you need to put this together? Oh, it's it's absolutely a good thing because, you, you know, you want to have a chance to get to know the characters, you know, and and sometimes, you know, getting to know the characters, uh, they end up doing things that you you yourself may not have predicted. You know, you start thinking about uh, where where they would have gone, the, de the decisions they would have made, you know, and so the more authentic the characters are, you know, allows for uh, such a genuine uh, story that can go in uh, directions you hadn't considered. And so, yeah, and then and then having the time to, of course, uh, refine the art to where you want it. Uh, I can see that being a good and bad thing, honestly, because <laughs> uh, I, I can be like way, uh, way too perfectionist with my art. And so uh, sometimes I feel like I can overwork uh, a page and maybe put too much detail. And so so you, you, you know, over time you start to understand, you know, where the finish line is in a piece. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I really think there is a, something to actually having all the time, uh, to work on a, on a challenge on a, you know, on a particular project, but at the same time, um, it's a, it's, it's a great challenge to have a deadline to, uh, to get the work out. Cause like, I think it could be a, it could be a, a negative, to uh, having so much time is that you may not be in such a rush or may not uh, really get the, the project out mm -hmm. when you want to get it out. If that makes sense. I feel like sometimes I'll, I'll let a project last forever and, and end up not even getting it done because I have no you know deadline to, to keep me going, you know, to keep me uh, projected at a finish line, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Brandy, I, when, when, once you see uh, Jerry's artwork in what you guys have written, does that also affect kind of where you're going to go next in your writing? Definitely. One of the uh, challenges we're having right now, or not challenges, but um, discussions that we've had right now is about, uh, I don't want to give too much of a spoiler away, right. but just um, seeing Jerry's sketches is really inspiring to 
think about what that world is going to look like and what like the rules and laws and what this what the uh, characters are going to experience in those worlds. Yeah. So where can people find out more information about uh, the, the this Kickstarter? Well, right now it is currently active. Uh, you can go to Kickstarter and under comic projects, you can uh, type in Glamorella's daughter and uh, it should come up for you. And then you can see all the uh, things that are going on with it. We, uh, we update it. We, we, we update it somewhat consistently. So uh, we uh, let people know uh, a little bit about us and a little bit about the uh, things that we're doing in the Kickstarter itself. And uh, if you are a backer, you get exclusive backer only updates as well. And so we uh, will give sneak peeks about uh, things that are happening uh, behind the scenes of the comic. And we also uh, show some things that we're working on for the comic book that no one else gets to see. When do you get Oh, oh go ahead. Oh, one of the things about Kickstarter too is that even if you only give a dollar, um, that may not seem a lot to the person who's given a dollar, but for us, it actually means a lot because that's an extra subscriber, which helps our rankings and pushes up, pushes us up the chart. So anything you give is really going to really assist us and getting the word out. And that's really the big, the big thing. The money is nice, but it's more about visibility. Um, and you know, you can find updates on our social media, uh, at literati press, literati press, okay.com. We've got it on our front page there. Um, yeah. So yeah, anything, anything, any amount of money is, is fantastic and greatly appreciated. Now each little bit and, helps. And yeah. that $1, you know, gives you access to all of those updates. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's all, all, all pluses. It keeps you in the loop certainly. And when do we expect to get the first issues out to, to backers? Do we know, do we have a plan or a, a date for that? Uh, yeah. January, they'll be going uh, right out in January. So once, uh, the uh, goal is funded, we will immediately go to printing and uh, and then uh, get everything out in January. And yeah, this- it, it'll be the full color version of it. So the black and whites, which we have uh, distributed just locally, uh, this will be the full color version of them. Right. And this is an investment into creating true Oklahoma comics and trying to put them on the worldwide stage. So even if it's a dollar, you are investing in Oklahoma comics getting out to everybody. Absolutely. And I, I, people just don't understand the amount of talent that is in Oklahoma, not only in the art world, but especially the comic book world, writers and artists both. There's a huge wealth of talent and we really want to showcase that. And this is, this is a stepping stone in that direction as well. That's fantastic. Uh, now, where can uh, Brandy, do you have a, a presence on social media as well? I do. I have Almost all across the board, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything. I'm most active on Instagram, though. <laughs> Is it a Brandy Williams? It's Brandy Blend. That was my art name. Blend, B-L-E-N-D? B-L-I-N. B-L-I-N, Brandy Blend. And uh, we've got the Jerry Bennett uh, on social media. You're, you're also like do Twitter and stuff like that as well, right? I am uh, Twitter. I'm comic book Jer, and on everything else, artist Jerry Bennett with two T's. That's right. And Charles, where uh, where can people find you on the web? Um, I don't really have a personal presence. Everything I, I've always had under Literati Press, so just just find me there. I think I've got a writer website out there somewhere, but I don't do much with it. Okay. Pretty much all of my focus has been on pushing the publishing company. 
So Literati Press. I have, you know, I've, I've always wanted to ask, how long has Literati Press, Press been around? Uh, we started up in 2010. Um, uh, our first book, uh, our first comic book was actually the uh, uh, Worldwide Tribune. Uh, it was a joke comic, uh, kind of a, uh, on the grocery store tabloids, and we've just kind of been doing it ever since. A great way to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Literati Press is to become a Kickstarter member. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's going to be so much fun, and we're looking forward to it. Um, I, anything else you guys want to add about about this? Uh, we promised Utopia. It's fun. Uh, Kickstarter will be coming uh, out in February, looks like, and then from there on, we'll be doing a monthly Kickstarter for one of our three comic book series, uh, kind of just as a just to allow people to continue getting them in the mail, just as a, you know, just as a release distribution method. Uh, Then our traditional release uh, schedule will start in July when we really start hitting comic book shops, conventions and all that stuff in the hopes that the pandemic is over by then. Yeah. We're all looking forward to that day when the pandemic is over, we can all get back to our conventions, which we loved so much. Yes. (laughs) Fantastic. Everybody, go out there and check out Glamorella's Daughter on Kickstarter. It ends December 12th, so you only have a few days left. And any amount just means so much to building this ground level of Oklahoma comics and getting them out nationwide to all eyeballs because we have so much talent here and we need to get it. let everyone know. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, you guys. So that's going to do it for our show. You could find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. We would love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Well, please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Charles Martin, Jerry Bennett, and Brandy Williams, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on.